in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The front page. Oh, boy. Ruined it right off Hello. the Hello. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy Club every Saturday night. Shows at 7 and 9 p.m. All right. Starting the front page off uh, with some breaking news this morning. The Pro Bowl here in Las Vegas is not actually going to be the Pro Bowl this year. There's not going to be an actual football game. There will be instead a flag football game. They're still going to have the week-long sort of skills competition, dodgeball type events that lead up to it. But instead of having a real tackle football game on Sunday, it's going to be a flag football game. Adam, do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea? Y'all go Google Robert Edwards injury if you haven't. Uh, go back and find from 20 plus years ago when they played a sand football game and the standout for uh, the Patriots, Robert, uh, Robert Edwards, tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, and Severn Artery uh, playing sand what? football. Yeah, I'll send you the link if you like. Uh, I do anyway. not want to watch that. No, no, you absolutely don't. Uh, anyway, uh, no, it's not better. This was flag football. They were stupidly playing it on sand, which is even worse. Uh, but I get it. The NFL wants a big marketing weekend, so you have the Pro Bowl, right? But nobody wants to be there. The players never go. The skills competition should be replaced with what? Maybe something like American Gladiators. Like that, that'd be fun. And, and at least, you know, we could maybe protect the players a little bit more. Is, is there a right answer to what should be like the, the final event? Like, cause I, Ooh, Jeopardy. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to be that intrigued with the flag football game, but I also wasn't intrigued with the actual pro bowl game. Like, like to me, there's no real difference in these two events, but I, I also, I don't know what the answer is. If you're going to have this week and you're going to have a week to try to make money as the NFL, I don't know what the right answer is for, Hey, this is the last event. This is the big event on Sunday that caps off pro bowl week. Jared suggested that we do Jeopardy. I say live Wonderlick. <laughs> oh, see, the reason I wanted Jeopardy is that at least we know Aaron Rodgers will show up. Oh, God. Hey, he's smarter than all of us. That's crafty wording right there. Huh? Give you credit. The Cowboys play the Giants on Monday night football. It's Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones. Adam Candy, New York Giants fan. Are the Giants going to be 3-0 and after tonight? So, Tyler, for the first time in maybe five years, I have actually cleared my schedule <sighs> in a way that <laughs> allows me to watch Giants games. Excitement! Yeah, and I kind of have to for work purposes here, but like, Kegger I'm excited to do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of excited that I have to watch this game. Um, now... That means I'm excited to watch Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush. Let's not uh, get it twisted. But I just enjoy the fact that Brian Dable is fun. He seems to push the right buttons to give the Giants an opportunity to win. 
uh, and there's nothing that makes me more excited watching a football game than seeing a pan up to the owner's booth with Jerry Jones and all of his Trump-like <laughs> adult children sitting next to him looking really, really sad or whatever emotion his face after all the plastic surgery allows him to show. Yeah, his, his face doesn't move. Uh, nope. Before the season, you were on this show uh, a few times telling me, was it over six and a half or over seven and a half you bet on the Giants win total? I didn't bet it. No, we were talking. Oh, to, you were just you were just saying. It was a, okay. Yeah, I was saying that I thought they would win seven games this year at least. And I think that uh, I think it was our friend Degenerate Danny yeah, who well. was the one who was betting Giants win totals. Um, <laughs> they're already two and zero, oh, so you had them at least getting seven. Like after two weeks before they play tonight, do you have a readjusted expectation for the Giants? Well. Remember, the Giants came into the year facing what was expected to be the third easiest schedule in the NFL, and now we see that the Giants are facing what is thought to be the easiest schedule the rest of the way in the NFL, and they get the benefit of not having to go against Dak Prescott in this game. So, look, they have a bit of a stretch coming up here that is not going to be a whole lot of fun, where they have to go to Green Bay, then home Baltimore, and at Jacksonville, so... But they follow it up with Seahawks, Texans, Lions, two with the Commanders. Like, I think eight is reasonable for this team. Come on. Say it. Nine and eight, and they're in the playoffs. They're not going to the Come on, Stop. Adam. Come on. Didn't they win a Super Bowl going nine and something? Yeah. Look, look. Daniel Dimes is not going to the playoffs. He's still terrible. They still let him be sacked seven times, and he still he might not have the uh, the tiny Derek Carr hands, but he can't hold on to the ball. Oh, this this poor Giants fan. If they're they're going to be three and zero, and you're still not going to believe in them as a playoff team. Just on. remember, just remember when I told you the Yankees weren't as good as they were early in the season. You then came back later and were saying to me, "Are they still going to win the <laughs> AL East?" Yeah, well, they did, but not by much. What do you think? Rihanna will perform at halftime of the Super Bowl. We had like a day of rumors that it was going to be Taylor Swift. Uh, Rihanna better than Taylor Swift? Nicely done there, Jared. Jared using that sound to illustrate how about a round of applause, a standing ovation uh, from the Rihanna news. I will take uh, I'll take Rihanna over Taylor Swift. Sure, that sounds good. Uh, I'm not going to watch either. So oh, it come doesn't on. really matter to me yeah, that, either way. That is like Adam alluded to in the last segment, that is the perfect time to dump something. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, great question. Yeah, Ta- again, Tyler, great question. you looked confused. That was a poop joke. Yeah, I got it eventually. Okay. I got it, yep. Eventually. Um, yeah, yeah. He got it. It did, it did take me a second. Yeah. yeah, Tyler doesn't go to the bathroom. He drives into it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we still... Why do you do walk-off jokes halfway through the segment? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are three and zero. They beat Washington twenty four to eight. So good. I believe the Eagles are the perfect team to win a Super Bowl with their quarterback still on a rookie contract, despite that quarterback not being like a a superstar level quarterback. Am I too optimistic about the Eagles? I think you can be optimistic about the Eagles because the NFC is awful. There's no one in the NFC who is any good, right? Look at every division. Find me a team that's any good. They're not there. Tampa's offense can't do anything. Green Bay scored 14 points early and then didn't score in the second half. 
The Rams have tried to blow leads to both the Falcons and the Cardinals. Apparently, only the Raiders can blow a lead to the Cardinals. <laughs> so, I don't think anyone is better than the Eagles. And what they've done is they've leaned into the strength, right? Last year, what we saw is that Nick Sirianni in the second half of the year decided this is going to become a running football team because we have an offensive line that makes running efficient, right? They're one of the only teams in the league to have positive EPA on running plays. Well, now Jalen Hurts can throw the ball a little bit too because they've added Devontae Smith and added A.J. Brown. So why can't it be the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, I I think they're they're very good and the NFC doesn't have a, a Buffalo Bills or a Kansas City Chiefs sitting there to stop them. So I, I give me the Eagles. Are you telling me after last night's Packers and Buccaneers game, you're not like going, those are the front runners? This is a great game. It's almost, almost as good as uh, the 49ers and Broncos. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. Two football games were delayed over the weekend because of drones. Uh, Stanford at Washington on Saturday and the Falcons at Seahawks on Sunday. So both in Seattle. Uh, so this happens. They're sort of unidentified drones that nobody in the stadium knows where they're coming from. They stop it because of safety reasons. They don't want the drone falling out of the sky unintentionally or intentionally and hurting somebody. But my thought on this was, how do you stop this? Like, how do you prevent people that are don't have to be in the stadium from flying a drone over the stadium why would you want to stop this this might be the one thing that can save the Raiders season <laughs> when we see one of those bad halves starting Mark Davis should reach into his fanny pack and get the little drone controller out and just fly a drone over and get him a break and then try to get the Raiders a chance to regroup and play better than they were playing. Don't you think this is an opportunity instead of a problem? Uh, they're going to have to open up the doors that show the strip. Yes, for through the lanai doors. Yeah, so through one the lanai doors. They, they never open them, so it's not like they're real. But if they are real, they could open them and let a drone fly. And otherwise, the only way to stop it is you put a roof on your stadium. No, you get a gun. I don't, like, we stop the games for player safety. I don't think, hey, we got the sniper here to take out the drone. Is... I mean, two of the teams playing Texas, somebody's got a gun. Uh, yeah, they absolutely do. And it could be like last Boy Scout. Like, one of the players could have a gun. I mean, based on, uh, well, no, that was a basketball No, player. no, no. Plaxico's not playing anymore. Oh, poor Plaxico. Next question. Shot himself and went to jail. <laughs> you know how close Plaxico Burris was to shooting off his own junk? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. But also, yeah, accidentally shoot yourself and yeah, we're we're putting you in jail. The Giants for were your 10 safety. And, uh, the Giants were 10 and 0 when he did that. Anyway, on to the next. Boise State lost to UTEP 27 <laughs> to 10 over the weekend. Uh by the way, we we're barely into the season and we already have New Mexico beat UTEP, UTEP beat Boise State and Boise State beat New Mexico. So a fun little circle between those three teams. But Boise State had 177 total yards. They fired their offensive coordinator the next day. And according to B.J. Reigns, Hank Bachmeyer, their quarterback, has now entered the transfer portal. So Boise State, generally the class of the Mountain West, not only loses to UTEP, fires their offensive coordinator, now their quarterback's in the transfer portal. Uh, what the hell happened to that program? So I think you can make a pretty good parallel between what's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles this year and what's going on with UNLV football. Because if, as we look at the Mountain West, 
there's not a good team maybe other than Air Force in the Mountain West, right? They're not in UNLV's division. So if you look at UNLV, they might have picked the right year to be average. Yeah. So, you know, like average looks beautiful right now. This is 1.30 a.m. when the bar closes at 2, and you look down and you're like, Doug Brumfield will do. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy Club every Saturday night with shows at 7 and 9 p.m. Coming up next, we stick with the NFL. Are the Dolphins actually good? And goal. Back to throw. Allen. Look at it. Incomplete. Short-armed it. Dolphins. McKenzie. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff featuring Adam Candy. Coming up a little later in the show, we've got tickets to go see Roger Waters and tickets to go see Eddie Vedder. So stay tuned if you're interested in either of those. Adam Candy from Legal Sports Report filling in for Ed Graney today. And the Miami Dolphins are 3-0. They beat the Bills 21-19. The Bills outgained Miami 497 to 212 in that game. And one of the most incredible stats of the weekend, Buffalo ran 51 more plays than Miami on Sunday, 90 to 39 in the total plays department. And Buffalo still lost that game by two points. So a rather simple question. Uh, They've beaten Baltimore and Buffalo back-to-back weeks. Is Miami good? No. The funny part to me in looking at both of the 3-0 teams, right? I look at the Miami Dolphins and I look at the Philadelphia Eagles and I see exactly what you did. Miami beat Buffalo and Baltimore and then I look at Philadelphia having beaten a grand total of no one so far. And I still believe in Philadelphia more because here's what Miami has done up until this point. They scored 13 points on offense against New England because they win that game 20-7, to but one of those was a defensive score. Then you look at the game against Baltimore, and I love the fact that we had a crazy game and a fun comeback. They were down 35-14 to in the fourth quarter. That is a -a once-in-a-lifetime kind of comeback that they came up with. And then you just mentioned the stats against Buffalo from this past week. And oh, by the way, you talk about the 90 plays that the Bills ran. They had drives stall out at the 20 and inside three times in which they did not get points. They had a block field goal. They had Josh Allen spiking a pass into the ground. You have the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, destroying the booth <laughs> because Josh Allen couldn't spike the ball for a field goal try at the end of the game. Ultimately, I don't buy this Miami team. I don't buy all the love that is going into it. Now, they're going to make the playoffs, right? right? They're going to be good enough to do that. But they're going to be looked at this week as an AFC contender, and I don't see it. They came into the season as a team sort of in the same tier as the Raiders, where that's a potential playoff team, but there were like 12 of those, and there's only seven that get to go. And when you get off to a 3-0 and start in what's projected to be a very close race, you're probably going to get in, right? As long as there's not some massive collapse from Miami, that 3-0 and start's probably going to be enough for them to get into the postseason. I do think they're, like, they're a solid team. They're a playoff-worthy team, but I... I'm not buying into the idea that the Dolphins are a true contender. I think the two teams they've beaten in the last two weeks are true contenders, and the team that just lost to the Colts 
Um, but I, I don't think at the end of the year we're looking back and looking at Miami as a legitimate AFC uh, contender as like a one seed or anything like that. I think they're still going to be a wild card team, but until they start losing, I think Miami fans have a reason to be excited about it. And and you can, you can drink the Kool-Aid on Miami right now. And you can, you can see a path to where Miami gets the one or the two seed in the AFC. I just don't think it happens. Oh yeah. I think it's going to be like a Tennessee one seed from last year. Cause I look and see at their schedule. Here's their schedule for the next 10 weeks, Tyler. At Bengals on Thursday night this week, I think that's a tricky game. I think that's a pretty good spot, actually, for the Bengals. Then at Jets, home Vikings, home Steelers, at Lions, at Bears, home Browns, home Texans, at Niners, at Chargers. Okay, so we don't know what the Niners are right now with Garoppolo, and we have no idea what Justin Herbert is going to be. This team is going to be favored Maybe by the end of this week, if you add in the Bengals game, they're probably going to be favored at least eight straight weeks, if not ten straight weeks. So nine and one? Is that where we're going? Nah. They're going to lose to the Steelers. That's fair. That's fair. They will. Um, but yeah, nine and one. So that's there's the one. They're probably going to lose to the Steelers in the same way that they just beat the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> now, you know actually who I think they're going to lose to in that stretch is the Browns. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes Be, sense. Look, right now... The Browns are third in offensive EPA. They are running the ball really, really well. And I am not buying in any way, shape, or form the Tua Tagovailoa resurgence. And I think Miles Garrett might be the one to make that obvious. All right. I have a very important question. The video of Ken Dorsey, the Bills offensive coordinator, losing his mind, trying to throw everything into the ground. I think he was just trying to show Josh Allen how to spike things. I think that was what he was doing there. Uh, But the video of him losing his mind, whose hand do you think it is that comes in in the very last second to block the camera so we can't see Ken Dorsey continuing to lose his mind? Ooh, that is a very good question. Uh, I think that there's like a get back coach who is in the box (laughs) and the get back coach in the box is just like camera, get back. That was really was some great video, by the way, like that was. In the same week that the teams all received a memo after Tom Brady spiked another Microsoft tablet, like <laughs> that is straight against the rules and yet glorious. Um, and my other question about the the mysterious hand that sneaks in there: Do we think that person did a good job by getting their hand in there, or did that person do a poor job because we got six seconds of Ken Dorsey throwing everything, and that hand was actually late? Yeah, I think that. That hand was basically Justin Timberlake at the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, sorry, dude. You tried, but the damage is done. It's a terrific video. It's unbelievable. Um, and, oh, okay. I had I had a very important question for you, Adam, because I get very annoyed at this, and it seems to happen, like, every single weekend. Packers and Buccaneers. The Buccaneers scored at the end of the fourth quarter. They failed on the two-point conversion to tie the game, but they scored to almost tie the game very late there. But... The snap uh, on that touchdown play, it was snapped with zero seconds on the play clock. And this happens all the time. And every time we get the little rules expert, he runs in, we get a little picture in picture, and he's like, well, the mechanic is that the referee is looking at the play clock. And once he sees it go to zero, he's got to then look for the ball. And if the ball's been snapped, well, that's a fr- that's a good play, even if the play clock went to zero. Somehow, can you explain to me why referees in football take 
three seconds to look from the play clock to the snap when we expect referees in every other instance in every other sport to be able to see multiple things at the same time. Let me ask you a question about how you want the game to look. Do you want 75 delay of game calls because the refs were super, super, super precise about whether the ball was snapped by zero? Or do you want them to apply the rule evenly to all 32 teams in which the referee gives them that extra, as you call it, three seconds, but I think a little less than that, to get the snap off? Uh, Make the play clock 41 seconds then. Do they really need the extra then, second? Just snap then, it on time. It's going to be forty-two. Or snap it's just it. Gonna, it's, like, it, look, if anyone in this broadcast should be sympathetic to a clock that doesn't expire, it should be you and your relationship. Oh, soccer, stupid. No, no, no. I'm not talking about soccer. Oh, my actual relationship. Your actual relationship. The clock never expires. Like, you got to date for three decades, and then you have a marriage that's apparently happening sometime two presidential administrations from now. Yeah, I bought a ring. We're good. I got the snap off in time. He already already sent out invites. I was not happy. Yeah. I I told you up front you were getting an an invite. I thought you were joking. No, there's only going to be like 50 people there. There's more people already than I want. There are there. 50 people he likes more than you, Jared. That is not true. It's more than 50. He, he does not like 50 people. It's more than 50. That and, means that, I mean, Jared, is there any way you and I could go in together? Could, like, we do a charity auction for one of Tyler's wedding invites, and you and I go in on it, and, like, you get to go to the ceremony, and I go to the reception or something? Oh, no. Okay. The whole point is for me to get wasted at the reception. Okay, and make I'll go to the ceremony. And make an embarrassing speech about... We started doing technically correct. No, no, you you have to be at the ceremony because you have to be the one who they say, does anybody object to this marriage? And you go running up there like, he was meant for me. Yeah, my parents already have like made that judgment about me, so let's not let's not play that direction. I it, I didn't say it was anything. Uh, that, <laughs> I didn't say it was anything that required a domestic partnership. I'm just saying t- that you know, you guys are an item. Coming up next, <laughs> Ken Bulky joins the show. A relatively sparse crowd at Ball Arena today, but they watched the Avalanche with a victory and come from behind fashion, three to one. The final score: Colorado defeats Vegas in the preseason opener. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff, featuring Adam Candy. Joining us now from Vegas, it's Ken Bolke. All right, Ken, uh, Will Carrier got hurt, left the game last night. That's added to the Robin Leonard, Nolan Patrick, Laurent Brossois, Mark Stone injury offseason for Vegas. Um, give me a prediction here. When during the season will we hear for the first time uh, from either the front office or the coaching staff the phrase "man games lost"? <laughs> um, I'm going to say they don't use it. I oh. think they're going to come up with a different phrase. Ah, okay, okay, different phrase that means out. the same they thing. Okay, so yeah. it, it, generic then. How long into the season until we sort of hear some sort of injury-related excuse from this team? Well, I would have to believe that the next time that the general manager speaks would be somewhere close to the trade deadline is typically how this uh, schedule goes. So around then. Okay. 
Okay. Sounds fun. So, Ken, how do you evaluate Mark Stone here in year six of an expansion franchise going to the nobody believes in us line of thinking? Um, I think you have to treat it the same way you've always treated it. Either he's the elite superstar Mark Stone that he had been, or they're not going to be very good and not much else is going to matter. So I, I, I'm going to have to treat it like the back surgery never happened and then kind of put it in the back of your mind until it pops back up if it does. Uh, do you like that he has used the whole nobody believes in us mantra this offseason already? Um, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. There's a part of me that likes it because the first season they kind of had something similar to that, and that seemed to go pretty well. I think at times we've seen the us against the world has done fairly well, but there seems to be like us against the people making predictions, not us against the rest of the NHL. It's like, the, the world doesn't like us, not the NHL doesn't like us, and I'm not sure how that's going to translate to beating other hockey teams. Ken, how long do you think Logan Thompson slash Aiden Hill get to prove that one of them can be the quality of goaltender the Golden Knights need this season before they have to evaluate doing something? Uh, I think they're going to go at least a good month or so, kind of, I don't know if it'll be absolutely back and forth because I think they're going to try and let somebody get into a, a rhythm if possible. So you might see two or three here from one guy and then they switch going back and forth. But if no one really grabs it, then probably a month, month and a half or so, they'll have to start looking. Obviously, Brassois going to come back somewhere in there. I, I was just told that he's supposed to start skating fairly soon and there's a blacked out rink over at city national arena. So maybe that's happening today. Uh, they typically start to do that when the season gets, gets underway, but I don't think it's going to take that long, but I don't think it's going to be an immediate trigger. Like, like it was in the off season, I guess. We saw Hutchison start last night. They halfway through the game went to Yuri Patera. How do you think uh, between Hill and Thompson, they break up the starts in the preseason here? Cassidy said they're going to, get a lot of them. Like we're going to see a ton of them between the two of them. I would imagine pretty much all the home games, one or the other is going to play. Uh, that's your best opportunity to give somebody the, the closest look at a normal situation uh, rather than having to fly up to Colorado. Their flight got delayed. They had to delay the game 30 minutes. Like that's not really fair. And Michael Hutchinson was still pretty good. My guess is with the six games left, I think you're going to see at least two full games for both of them. And then depending on where they're at with those two Salt Lake City and the Boise games, wouldn't shock me if they even get a third. So I think for the most part from here on in, it's going to be one or the other of those two. What is your single biggest concern for this team this year? Um, I would say like it's, it's kind of the combination of health and depth. Like if they're healthy, I think they'll be good because of the fact that they have just enough players that can do it. If everyone's in the role that they're in, they'll be fine. But they don't have a lot of depth behind it, and I don't know that a lot of these AHL-quality guys are going to be able to step in and make a huge difference. I think they have replacement guys for the bottom-end guys, but I don't think they have anybody that can really make a difference up the lineup. So it's, I think the answer is depth, but then it, it kind of plays hand-in-hand with, with health. Ken Volke with us from Sinbin.Vegas. So if we're looking at the idea of lack of depth and, and concern about health, what position are you most worried about? Like if they suffer a couple of injuries, at what position is that going to doom them the most? The wing, just anywhere in the, on the wing. I think they can kind of shuffle things around with centers. 
you move Nick Wallop, you could possibly put Howden there. I think Lecision's usable down the down the lineup. I'm, I think they're going to be okay defensively. I don't think they're as deep as the world believes defensively. Like I, I'm not a, much as I love Ben Hutton, I don't think he's an NHL defenseman at this point. I think it's going to take some time for Korzak to do it. They have six if Hague ever decides to sign that contract or whatever's going on there. But if you lose a Mark Stone or you know a Marsh or so, somebody up the lineup, I just don't know where they're going to turn. Like Brendan Bersan seems to be their best answer. Sakari Mananen seems pretty good, but let's see him play a game at five foot seven. But that's that would be my answer. Would be wing. All right, Ken. So Phil Kessel's first year in the NHL was 2006. What is a realistic expectation for what he can provide to the Golden Knights at age 34? Probably a lot of points, but not a lot of anything else beyond that, which I guess that depends on how people view the game. A lot of people, that's all they want. So there's a chance that he you know, surprises people and does what he can do and has done in the past, which is, 40 to 50 points. If he goes nuts, maybe it gets up to 60. But the idea that he's going to be, you know, a first-line winger for a team that's going to compete seems a little crazy to me, even though that's where they have him. So I, I don't I don't really know what to make of it other than, like, he can score, he can make plays, he's going to be usable on the power play, but there are shortcomings in his game. There were shortcomings in his game when he started playing in 2006. They're still here in 2022. Uh, you say usable on the power play. That doesn't sound like he's the reason the power play is better than it was last season. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to make a massive difference. I mean, he's he's good in the power play, but again, there are also some shortcomings. Like you, you start to you need everyone to help you enter, and I don't necessarily know how much he's going to help them enter the zone. I, I don't know how much he's going to help them on puck retrieval when, when they miss a shot or when there's a battle in the corner or those types of things. I don't know how much he's going to help there. But when everything's set up, when everything's in, the, in place and they get to their 1-1 one, one, or 1-3-1, one, one, put him on the outside, other side of Eichel, which is where they have him, he can do some things. Like He can make some passes. He'll hit those seams passes. He'll find the guy in the middle. He can get the puck down to Stone right in front of the goal. He, he can do some things there. I, just, I, just, I don't expect him to be on the first power play all season long. I know that you can look at a lot of players and apply this tag in some way can say, well, there's a lot of pressure on this guy this year, but realistically, is it Eichel or is it someone else where you think the spotlight falls the brightest? Probably Logan Thompson. Um, I, I think there's a belief in the fan base that he is a lot farther along in his career than he is based on, I guess, 19 games of NHL and then a pretty darn good AHL career to this point. Um, I think if he doesn't stand up and have at least somewhat close to league average stats, like they're going to struggle in a big way. Even if the team's doing fairly well, if you're getting well below average goaltending, that's going to be tough. And if he's not good enough, then that puts a huge burden on Aiden Hill. It's going to put a huge burden on Loren Brassois, who we know at best is a backup in this league. Like they need Thompson to be at the level that he was last year or better, and that's going to be tough. That's a lot of pressure for a guy who's never done it. When does Nick Haig sign? I'm going before they go to Montana, which is October 2nd, I think, or 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. I think they'll get it done three to four preseason games in, so then he can get in and get a couple of them. I think they'll finally figure it out, and then 
why not? Why not take the trip to Montana? Let's get this <clears throat> thing signed and let's go have some fun, right? What is what does his contract look like? Play some golf. Yeah, not. I don't think it's going to be very strong. I think it'll be better than the qualifying offer, but one point one, one point two for probably just the one year. Maybe, maybe if he gets two years, it's pushing one six, one seven. All right, so. It is the what is it? The golden season? Is that what they're they're calling it? Is that what they called it? Golden I, age. I golden think. age. That's yeah. it. That's it. Oh, um, golden age. Okay. Yeah. The little right. statues. Okay. So, uh, should they play on ice that uh, is tinted gold? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a little disappointed they didn't paint the whole neutral zone gold. I think that was Tyler's idea last year. As as the center <laughs> circle got golder and golder through the five years, I was hoping we'd go for the entire neutral zone, and then by the end of you know maybe year ten, we just go straight Boise State. And the that's whole exactly what I, I really wanted. like the tint. Like you're going nuts with the tint. Like that's that's not good enough. Like paint the entire thing gold. Like let's let's go full in here. Are there NHL rules against this? Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> That's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah. It could be gold. It'd be That's way better if it was gold. It's just a fit. Not happen. All right. Not fun. Can no they do fun. It? Can they do it for the preseason? Are there NHL rules against it for the preseason? I can only imagine. I don't. I don't. You could probably get away with more in the preseason, but it's, it's not exactly easy to paint the entirety of the ice. You have to rip the whole ice out if you're doing it at your home. It's the range. desert. They, they turn off the air conditioning for a week. They got a helicopter oh, yeah, just for melt it. It'll be fine. Yeah, they got a helicopter for a damn intro video. I think they can figure out a way to paint the ice gold. I mean, they can. Yeah. But... Yeah. Come on. Bill Foley, spend some money on a gold. Yeah, let's, let's let's slow down. Let's just try to get the blue lines gold. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they should be. That'd be way better. Pass yeah, the gold lines. Yeah, that'd be way they, better. They were black in the in the All Star game, and they looked awesome. They were black with like a little blue uh, coating on the outside of them. They were cool looking. But yeah, let's let's have gold lines. Not for these blue lines. All right, he's Ken Bulky. Send Ben Vegas. Ken, we appreciate it. See ya. All right, so there's Ken Bulky on the Golden Knights. They play again tonight. What, what if you're colorblind? Do you, does that matter at all? Or it's like, yeah, you got to skate past the blue line. Yeah, coach, I got, I got no idea what that means. I think, I mean, I you know, you know where they are. You yeah, know where you, each line is. You, right. Can I ask you a question that's that's slightly related, but not totally related? Have you ever noticed that whenever we say goodbye to Ken, Ken sends slightly offended. Ken's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, you know, I always feel like we should have kept Ken on for the rest of the show or something. All right. You want to call him back, Jared? See if he wants to do the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's more than welcome to join the show at some point yeah. in the future. Well, it, we either get Ken. Very committal. Ken is slightly annoyed we hang up on him. Most people are annoyed we actually talk to them for so long. Most people, we get a dial tone quickly, which uh, I actually like the dial tone very much, mainly because it angers Jared a little bit. But now, we got <laughs> tickets to give away if you want to go see... Roger Waters. This is not Just a drill. Don't ask live in the round. Opinions. Uh, Saturday night, October 1st at T-Mobile Arena. We got a pair of tickets to go see Roger Waters. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Be caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see Roger Waters. This is not a drill. Live in the round at T-Mobile. A swing, and there it goes. Left field. Way back. That's home run number 700. It's a three-run homer, and he hit 699 and 700 at Dodger Stadium on September 23rd, 2022, 8.23 p.m. Pacific time. 
Every Cardinal is out of the dugout congratulating Albert Pujols. The Dodgers are on the top step, clapping for their former teammate and friend who they honored before the game today. Everybody in the ballpark is standing. What a great moment, a Hollywood moment here in L.A. Ahí va el elevado profundo al jardín izquierdo, la pelota en el aire, busca la barra, y esa pelota nunca volverá. El número 700, Albert Pujols, haciendo historia, el tercer más hombronero de grandes ligas, Barry Bonds, Henry Aaron, y ahora Albert Pujols. And a high fly ball. There goes number 700. The entire dugout of the Cardinals coming out on the field to greet Albert. They're all out, and everybody inside Dodger Stadium on their feet. Pujols now in very rare company. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Featuring Adam Candy. Adam Candy of Legal Sports Report in today for Ed Graney. Coming up a little bit later in the show. Tickets to go see Eddie Vedder. Uh, but congratulations to Terrence. He's going to see Roger Waters. And Patrick won tickets to 7-0 Brewfest. Uh, earlier in the show... Uh, we said we needed a synonym for misfits. Uh, CJ on Twitter sent us a couple of options here. Uh, I need Jared and Adam here. You guys let me know if you like any of these. Uh, Bohemian. <laughs> Dissenter. Dropout. Ooh. Eccentric. Freak. Oddball. Outsider. Weirdo. Uh, beatnik. Am I allowed to say that on air? That sounds like a slur. Dissident. <laughs> Tyler doesn't know what a beatnik is, Adam. Individualist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, loser. Ooh, I like that. And offbeat. So basically, he went to thesaurus.com. Yes. And typed in misfit. Yeah. Okay. Do, do we um, like any of those? Well, here's the one I like because I'm a company man. We're giving away Eddie Vedder tickets, right? I think we go with dissident. The dissidents. The golden dissidents. <laughs> <laughs> the gold, I, I don't know. Uh, the golden dissidents might have too much of a political connotation. That sounds like uh, something that could be going on, you know, like in Russia or Ukraine right now. Uh, Jared, did you have a favorite among those? I mean, I liked that you didn't know what a beatnik is. Uh, I still don't know what that is. Uh, dude, did you not have to take like American Anything. history? I don't know what beatnik is. Okay. No. Uh, God, uh, you, I'm convinced you were homeschooled. <laughs> That would explain the uh, the antisocial uh, personality disorder. Um, oh man, I think weirdo. Was I think my outcast. Favorite. I think outcast was good because that at least opens up uh, the DJ to play outcast. Well, outcast was not on here, but oh. um, I do like that one too. I must, uh, I must. I must have. That must have popped into my brain then yeah. while I was trying but to set about, up the nine a.m. What about using more? current reference right remember when geno smith after week one was talking about how everyone wrote him off and he didn't write back yep okay we well, need something that relates to writing because mark stone is trying to use the geno smith line and say the golden knights aren't going to write back this year right <laughs> so is that so if you don't write back you're kind of ghosting right 
Oh, the golden the ghost. ghost. The golden ghost. Yeah, the golden ghost. That's not bad. That we ain't writing back. You're ghosting the haters. This is ghosting the golden the gaslights. Haters. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Golden gaslights. Is that what you said? Yeah. Jared? Golden. Yeah. No, no, the golden gaslights. That's. God, Jared. Good job taking this down to a really sad place again. Wait, why is that sad? Gaslighting is a sad phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they're misfits. No, Ghosting is something that happens a, every day. It's a play from like the 1950s. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad Adam didn't get that either. Sometimes no. I feel like I'm alone over here and have no idea what Jared's talking about. No, but no if it, like if I had known a play from the 1950s, that would have screwed up your your the problem you guys have not oh, being able to know my age. We would have thought you it were been like, oh my god, he's 75 oh, years old, man. And, I I do know that Adam is either in his late 30s or early 40s. I've narrowed it down. <laughs> I like the fact that we did an entire segment on a show once where you guys actually figured out what my age is and we're right back to having no idea. Yeah, yeah, but you've had like a birthday or something and yeah, we don't know what Two of them be. since yeah. we did that, by the way. Um, all right. Before we go to break, Yankees fan Adam Candy. Mm-hmm. Should ESPN be breaking into no. football games to show Aaron Judge home runs? Oh, my God. It's the American League record that he <laughs> might tie. Slow your roll, ESPN. I'm not even watching every at-bat right now. Okay. Thank you. I, I was, I'm con- confused as to who they're doing that for because people that want to see Aaron Judge hit 61 are already watching the Yankees game. Thank you. People watching Clemson Wake Forest don't care. 